Hello, everybody. This is Ryan Ellis, and you are listening to the Marching Arts Society podcast, episode number three. In this episode, we're going to dive into something that I get asked constantly, which is how to practice. So this is something that I get asked a lot, and it's interesting to me because there's really no definite answer. So a lot of times I'll I'll be in lessons with a student, um, and they'll ask me, okay, well, how much do I need to practice? Um, That's very difficult, but also very easy to answer. The easy answer is enough, you know, whatever it takes to get you there. So let's, let's, let's dive into this. Uh, a little bit. The the first part I want to talk about is why do people ask this question? I really think the reason that people ask this question so much um, is because they know what the answer is and they don't like it. The reason that such a small percentage of people are masters at their craft is because the amount of time that has to be invested to get you there, most people are not willing to invest. So for that reason, people look for shortcuts and people look for ways to get around this inevitable investment of time. So with that, uh, there's really two ways to break down practicing, and that's by quantity and quality. So quantity is obvious. How much time do you spend practicing? And there's a couple different things I think that are important to understand to make sure that your quantity can be everything that you need it to be. So the first thing is just sacrifices. So no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, if you've already made drum corps, if you haven't marched at all, if you're in the eighth grade or if you're high school, whatever it is, everyone's day probably consists of a couple things or, or one or two things that take up more time than they need. Um, I know for a lot of my students, this can be video games, it can be TV, it can be social media, it can be a lot of things. What's important to note is that everybody's got 24 hours in a day. So if you're trying to beat your competition at an audition, you have to not only invest more time than them, but you have to get more out of your time. So I think a good starting place for this is what can you eliminate from your current daily schedule that will open up for you the opportunity for more practice time. There are the necessities of life that that probably cannot be pushed aside, like sleeping, eating, if you're a high school or a college student, going to class, doing homework, things like that. But I think that if everyone really scrutinized their day and their week and their month, they would find a multitude of activities that take up a lot of time that if they could rid themselves of, would open up a lot more possibilities. So I like to start with a lot of my students with just writing this down. Um, For one day, for a 24-hour period, just lay out the exact schedule of how you invest your time. So for every minute of the entire day, what are you doing? This is usually very eye-opening for someone uh, because I don't think that most people have quite come to terms with how much time they're really wasting throughout the day. Um, And by wasting, what I mean is that it's just time invested that's not really bettering you as a person or pushing you closer to achieving the goal that you have set, which in this context is most likely making a drumline of your choice. So after doing this, after you have scrutinized your day 
and you've laid it all out and you understand exactly what you're doing, start to categorize your the activities that you're you're taking part in and just put them into two categories, either necessary or unnecessary. And anything that is in the unnecessary category, the goal is to pretty much rid yourself of it or at least eliminate it to the point where you can practice to the level that you want. So upon doing this, what you're going to realize is your day probably has a fairly consistent schedule in terms of what hours of the day you are committing to unnecessary activities. So as soon as you can find the ability to eliminate these things, we want to fill that in with practice time. Okay, so for me, I know that one of the biggest things that I had to give up when I was younger in high school and had established these new goals was video games. Um, once my private instructor had convinced me and shown me how much time I, I could really have back if I chose not to do this, it was a fairly easy decision for me to get rid of it. And it allowed me to pretty much triple the amount that I was practicing. So on top of this, once you, once you have you know, this reality set for you of the amount of time that you may be wasting or the amount of opportunity that there is for you to invest more time, you have to understand the balance of motivation and habits. So I vividly remember going to WGI Finals in 2011 and walking out of that arena with an immense amount of motivation. I just, I loved what I saw. I was inspired. And the decision to pick up sticks could not have been easier. It's important to note that very few days throughout the year feel like that. So that the decision to pick up sticks becomes harder. So there's a couple things to understand with, with motivation. One of them is that it's fickle. It's, it's not going to last forever, and it's really not that reliable. So when you have it, it's important that you capitalize on it in as many ways as possible. And I think the most important thing to use motivation for when you have it is to create habits. So once the habits are in place, the decision-making process kind of takes a back seat. Once you have trained yourself to do something the same way or maybe at the same time or for the same amount of time, it no longer becomes such a struggle to get yourself to practice. So the habit thing uh, is interesting. I think the easiest part for someone to take out of it for right now is just can you get your practice schedule to be the same time every day? This is hard for a lot of people because their schedules shift. I think that if you're in high school, it's it's probably fairly easy because you're usually looking at like the 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. block schedule for class. And then aside from that, you can kind of delegate your time however you want. So this will certainly not be the same for everyone, but if you feel like you have more motivation later at night, maybe delegate that time every day for your practice time. So so delegate the 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. time or whatever it is for you so that the decision to practice slowly goes away because that time of day is just pre-set out for these activities. And with this time established, the question comes up of what to practice. Now, this is difficult to answer in a blanket statement because... What someone needs to work on is individual, and there's obviously a, a, a large variety of things to work on. But something that kind of clicked for me in thinking about this is the difference between knowing and understanding. I, as a performer, and the students that I have come across this issue where they know 
what they are supposed to be doing. They know the exercise. They know what the rhythms are supposed to sound like. They know what their hands are supposed to look like, but they don't understand how to actually create that. And it's important to separate as a musician, I think, the difference between mind and body. Most musical lessons do not take that long to to know. Like, it, it doesn't take that long to, to know the value of a 16th note, to know the value of an 8th note, to, to know what a crescendo is. It doesn't take that long. But to understand it to the level where you can perform it uh, and affect an audience in the way that's intended certainly takes time. So this comes down to evaluating the difference between what your mind knows and what your hands understand. If you think that, or you can check the box, that you know what is being asked of you, but the sounds that you are creating are, are not what you have desired, the answer is probably repetition. Uh, at that point in time, you would probably possess most of the information necessary. Um, you just need to allow your hands the time that they need to create the proper muscle memory so that you can start to create the sounds that you want. I use the analogy with a lot of my students of stupid hands um, because of the difference in the learning curve in your head and your hands. I can, I can articulate to a student a lesson that they will fully understand mentally in minutes, yet to get their hands to move in that capacity takes months. Um, and this is where we come back to quantity of practice time because how long it takes to fully understand that lesson, at least from a physical standpoint, just comes down to hours invested. And you can fast track that whole thing by just investing more hours in a shorter period of time. So now this brings us to the other the facet of successful practicing, which is quality. Um, and, and this is fairly simple to understand. The Marching Arts Society has a couple videos that are, articulate this well. Um, but the biggest tools to help yourself for, for quality is making sure that your practice time is organized so that if you have two hours set aside to practice, I think it's important to predetermine what the most important thing is for you to work on to ensure that by the end of that two hours, you have grown as much as possible. I think that most people are guilty, uh, percussionists especially, of setting aside practice time and then sitting down and hacking for a pretty extended period of time and then walking away from the practice session maybe not having improved as much as possible. Another tool that I think helps out with the quality of practice time is mirrors. Um, This kind of bridges that gap, like I talked about earlier, of knowing and understanding because it provides for you a perspective that was not previously possible. With mirrors, you you can see your hands from new angles and it allows you to kind of take a step back and and view your hands from a new angle to see if they are moving the way that is intended. A metronome is also a good tool. Very few people do not advocate this um, because at the end of the day, precise rhythms are a necessity to being a successful drummer and a metronome is a great tool to help you get there. Um, The last thing I would think in terms of a quality perspective is just education. Just make sure that your hands are being evaluated on a world-class level, that you're learning from the best people that you can, that you're you're constantly increasing your vocab and you're, you're pushing the boundaries of what your hands are capable of. I think that the, the most important thing to take away from this is understand the short lifespan of a marching career. I think that I have an interesting perspective on this right now because I'm, I've officially been aged out for two weeks. Um, and it, it kind of has given me the time necessary to reflect 
on my marching career, on my practice routines, and everything that led me to where I ended up. Uh, and it, it makes me realize the the small things throughout that I could have done better. The the times where I maybe didn't invest my time as as well as I could have. The times where maybe I, I didn't set up my practice regimen for the greatest amount of success. And it, it leads one to wonder, could there have been a better result in the end? Um, so it's not like other sports or other activities where you're done when you stop being the best at what you're doing. You're done when DCI and WGI tell you you're done. For that reason, I think it, it can kind of be used as a motivator throughout your marching career to realize that if you don't do it now, it may never get done because the amount of time you have between wherever you are right now and your age out may seem like a decent amount of time, but I promise you that it is very easy to to not get the most out of it. So for me, the age out thing was was kind of a constant motivator because I knew that if I didn't do it now, it wasn't going to happen. If I If I slacked prior to an audition and I didn't make the ensemble of my choosing, that might be the last chance I get to do it um, forever. And once I reach that age, that opportunity is is just gone. Uh, so just, just understand that with anyone trying to achieve any goal, especially on a timeline that's as short as what it is for DCI and WGI, it's important that you, you attack the situation um, in the correct way. At most audition camps... The small handful of people who receive the positions are more than likely the ones who have just spent the most time practicing, and that's why they're capable of having the largest impression on the staff. So I urge everyone to put aside the inconsequential activities that are that are eating up your day um, and kind of just grab your own marching career by the reins and just make it what you want it to be. I hope that this has been helpful. If you have tricks or, or things like that that work for you, I would love to hear them. You can contact me on Facebook or you can email me at ryanellis at marchingartsociety.com. And I would love to continue this conversation. Thank you all for listening.